This is the Patriot Radio News Hour, brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group. For all your gold and silver buying needs, call them at 1-800-951-0592 or log on to allamericangold.com. Broadcast for Wednesday, November the 16th, 2016. Well, hey, good morning and welcome. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour on a hump day. What is it today? November the 16th? What do we do? The physical delivery of gold and silver. It's so easy. Give us a call. 1-800-951-0592. The lovely Wendy's here to take your phone call, answer your questions, walk you through your order. You got that other option. You can go out to the World Wide Web. Check us out online at allamericangold.com. It's as easy as point and click. That easy. Take a look at the product and then get the news to disturb the comfortable. Well, we don't tell you what to think, but we certainly give you something to think about. This show is brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group. It's CEO and owners behind it all. He's the man who does the research. He grinds it out all week to gather as much information to keep you in the know. And his name's Joe Jaquin. And he delivers on a daily basis economics with attitude. It's hump day, Joe. How are you? Well, I got a little attitude today because it's not... You're not able to point and click today. What? It's, it's been, not that easy? It's not that easy. Oh, no. It's been down for a week now. Uh, but I have good news to report. I have one of the two, I'll call them millennials, is actually here in the office Does he as live in the we base? speak. Does he live in the basement of his mama he, and his papa? He does live in... So he's a true millennial. Oh, yeah. He's a millennial in every sense of the word. Hell, I believe he lives with his mommy. And when he doesn't live with his mommy, he lives with his daddy. And then he actually works for his daddy. And he's actually doing work for me. He's actually... He's a great kid. And I say he's a kid. He's he's a man. He's in his early 20s. Was the... Without a shadow of a doubt on an unrelated subject, the best point guard I ever had. Well, I remember uh, him in uh, sixth grade, seventh grade, playing uh, actually against you guys when I was coaching over at Anthem. He did. And we you, whooped you. Were, and you whooped us. Yeah, yeah. he was. No. Uh, he was a great. He, he is the owner of not one but two state championships, and uh, and I'm proud to call him a friend of mine. Uh, he is doing everything they can. I we're, we we are actually getting closer. Through. By the way, his name's Ryan Zettel. Yeah. Well, okay. Might as well throw his name under the bus. Uh, We may throw him on later in the program so he can explain to you why it is that it's not working. Wow, you're holding people accountable. (laughs) Wow. But right now he's actually taking new pictures because he didn't like the pictures we took, so he's in here doing that. Uh, I'm hopeful. It's going to be back up here very, very soon. I I promise you that one way or the other we're going to get that done. Uh, the medals program, don't forget about that, right? You can sign up for as little as $100 a month. There is no excuse for you not to get prepared for what you know is going to happen. You know, you just start looking at all the craziness that's going on. Now I get told by Ramon that apparently if you walk around with a safety pin on your lapel, that means it's okay for you to give each other a hug about Hillary losing the election. And you can commiserate together like a little baby. A, a, a safety pin? 
Well, you know, back you don't do it now because they got the little, I don't know, Velcro. I know it's not Velcro, but, you know, when we were kids, they safety pinned your diapers. Right, but I, I get. But you're saying people are physically wearing a safety pin on their lapel, their that shirt. Means that, that that tells you, okay, I'm not a trumper, right? I, I'm hurting right now. <laughs> Can I, I have a hug? A little sympathy, my way is necessary. <laughs> I I need to be held and and called. I thought I saw Eric with a safety pin on the other day, but I must have been mistaken. Uh, I just enough already. Did you see now? And and it you got to listen here. So it absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, George Soros behind all of this. Most of the, you know, they are paying a lot of these protesters fifteen hundred dollars a week. I do know that fifteen. Well, I don't know that's that a good job. They're they're saying that it's funded. Of course, these buses are dropping they, they these them off. In. Yeah, you bet. And they get paid to do it. And they're it's like paid. a job. They got their job is to protest. Now, if we could just get these people to protest the right thing, we'd be all set. So is that illegal that, that George Soros, if he's truly behind it, is he breaking the law by doing that? Of course not. It's not against the law. you got freedom of speech. And, hey, if you're going to get paid for it, you don't even have to believe it, do you? I guess not. I need the money. I need the money. 1500 A lot of people listening are like, Joe, do you have the number? Do you got the number I can call to sign me up for 1500 bones a week? I don't. I don't. I don't have that number. But that's why. And, and those of you that may call now, and say, do you have the number, uh, obviously you're not affiliated with the right association. Right. Apparently right? We, we, we're not in the know for that. I don't have uh, the number for Soros. Uh, but but uh, And I'm sure not all of them make 1500 bucks, but 1500 bucks a week, that's some good money. You know, there's a lot of people out there that are be, would love to make that kind of cash. I mean, that's like 75 grand. Imagine if you keep this going all year long. You just get bought. You'd be like a rock star. You get bought from one city to the next. <laughs> I, I'm still waiting for this, this, this protesting to dissipate and disappear. Uh, I didn't know, I don't know even know. What are you really protesting? What, that you want the illegals here, right? That's what you want? You really? And I, I saw, like, uh, these sanctuary cities now. We're not going to comply and all of this. And I saw Stanford, uh kids attending Stanford are upset. You're right. For you, maybe it's okay. You Stanford grad. What about the guys that don't graduate from Stanford? What about them? Anyway, enough about that stuff. We're going to talk about what's really happening. And we've got an update. Is there gold in Fort Knox? Or isn't there? Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. Patriot Radio News Hour, Double J and the Love, our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. And I will... Go ahead. Halfway there. Happy hump day, everybody. That's where we're at right now. And I know that... Where is every day going? They just fly by, don't we're they? We're already past the halfway point of the month already. It feels like... Today is Windy Friday already. Today is Windy Friday already. It's just not fair... It's almost turkey time. That's the only thing keeping me going right now. You're looking forward to that, aren't you? I can't wait. Juicy, succulent turkey stuffing. And we, we know how to do it right. 
which is we don't have it at our house. We have it at Eric's house. And we always have multiple forms of turkey. Yeah, yeah I, I remember your story from last year where you guys cooked a private a backup secret. Tur- a backup a, turkey. A double secret turkey on probation right. at your house. This is how you do Thanksgiving. Now pay attention. You go to somebody else's house, eat their food, and eat their food. Maybe, maybe bring a potluck piece. Well, you, you you throw something in there. You know, you go pick up a pie or something, right? You don't don't go crazy. And then you know the problem is there's hardly any leftover, and you know the leftovers are all the same. It's like the bean casserole and and maybe a couple of rolls and and. And not even really hardly any turkey, maybe a couple of spare pieces of ham, but that's it. You get to go home to a whole new turkey. And But what you do is you put that turkey in the oven as you're walking out the door. And then when you return, bam, the backup turkey ready to go, and you got all the fixings, right? You took some cranberry sauce, you got the bean casserole, you got the rolls, you got some... I mean, you got two Thanksgiving. You just went Emerald Lagasse and bam! Bam! I'm eating again. I'm happy. That's what I'm talking about. That's how you get it done. I don't know if you're like me, man, but the one thing I look forward to is my my son's grandma, my mother-in-law's stuffing. My goodness. The stuffing. Once a year. Oh, man. All right, man. Now that we, we gotta got to stop talking right now, I know. Sorry, we're going to stop talking about food. <laughs> I got to I will say this. We have another little round of unique one-off items coming your way after the break. Uh, so you, So be ready for that. And these are quantities of less than 20. And I've got three or four things, but there's not very many of each. But let's, they're gonna, I'm going to give them away again. Great pricing. And uh, stay tuned for that. I don't know if you guys are aware, and I try to do them as I see them. Talking about what did we do with the gold. And I'm talking about we claim, and I say we, the Treasury claims that the United States owns 8,134 metric tons of gold, of which the majority of that gold is stored at Fort Knox. Some of that gold is stored at West Point, the men at West Point. Some of that gold, we're being told, is also at the Denver Mint. And uh, there's a one person now, and, it, and it's taken a very interesting turn. I want to give him credit. Uh, Kuz Jansen. He's been trying to figure out whether or not the gold that they claim is in the ownership of the United States really is. And he just released an update. And, and I'm going to share it with you. And I've read most of that. I just saw it. So as I was about five minutes before we got on the air, I started reading this. And so we'll share it together. But he's been doing this since 2014. And every time he has an update, I share it with you. I've been investigating the inventory audit of the U.S. official gold reserves. 
which should prove the existence of the metal that embodies the credibility of the world's reserve currency. My first article showed the official narrative. All of the bars, in total of 8,134 tons of gold, spread over depositories at Fort Knox, West Point, Denver, and New York, have been carefully counted, weighed, assayed, and inventoried between 1974 and 2008. Now, my question is, what about 2009, 2010, 2011? What's happened in the last eight years? But let's just go with what he's been working on. In the subsequent post, I've exposed that there is a vast array of problems to be found with the physical audit. Through several Freedom of Information Act requests, I've obtained information that severely damages the integrity of the official narrative. Now, that's not news. For some of you, may be news, but we, we've, as we've watched all of this, it is amazing how many, when you uh, do these Freedom of Information Act requests, how many of them contradict each other. Because if you make a request from the Mint, and then you make a request, say, from the Treasury, and then you make another request from the Federal Reserve, and let's just say it's the same request, you're going to get three different answers. Because normally you would think, okay, I'm going to make the exact same request that the three branches that are involved in this would give you the same answer. But they don't. He said that the example given, one of my Freedom of Information Act requests, I actually asked for the audit that were drafted between 1974 and 1986, when allegedly 7,504 metric tons of gold was audited. The U.S. government (laughs) sent him a reply that they, quote-unquote, lost nearly all the documents. (laughs) I mean... I laugh because they claim that this is part of the the proof that the gold is actually there, but when they made the request to say, hey, will you send us the audit? They, get, they got back to them and said, oh, we lost them. We're not really sure where they are. To get to the bottom of this, I filed countless freedom of information request in the past months at the legal owner of the gold, which is the U.S. Treasury, the custodian of the gold, which is the U.S. Mint, and the head auditor of said gold, which is the Office Inspector General of the Treasury in order to obtain every single piece of documentation I could think of 
that is related to the audit. Pretty soon, by putting all the pieces of new information together, I realized I was entangled in a, in a conundrum of giant proportions as many of the documents contradicted each other. Eventually, I submitted a request for a publicly unknown report, which he had read about in another document that he had requested previously. So as he was getting these documents, somebody sent him a document that had mention of this report. And so Jensen said, you know what? I think that's the report I'm looking for. So he asked the Mint for a written report that apparently they made reference to. The Mint Director's representative written a written report to the U.S. Mint Chief Financial Officer notifying that the the CFO of the completion and the verification for audits between the years of 1993 to 2008. So as he was trying to track down these audits, he stumbles across in one of these reports where somebody had written to the CFO of the Mint that audits had been completed and verified between the dates of 1993 to 2008. Surprisingly, when he requested the document, the U.S. Mint wrote me that my request would cost $3,144.96. Let's think about that. Hey, oh wait, I know this is a Freedom of Information Act request, but if we're going to provide this material to you, we need $3,144.96. Right? We couldn't round it up. <laughs> right? You got to throw the I mean, right? But, but this is the government we're dealing about. The amount of money is ridiculous. First of all, all the documents should be readily available, right? I mean, we had computers back then. Perhaps my digitalization cost would incur a few hundred dollars at most. Second, the Mint wrote the estimate includes 40 hours of search time. But how can it take 40 hours to find a few pieces of paper. It also wrote my request would include an estimated 1,200 pages of documentation. But how do they know there are 1,200 pages if they first have to search 40 hours to find it? (laughs) That's a great point. Can you read 1,200 pages in 40 hours? I've died to know what's on these 1,200 pages. I mean, you think about... I don't know how big the font is. So I'm thinking about the copy paper box. Okay? Right. Right. You know the box you buy it at the whatever... They come in reams. Reams. Right. A ream 
One ream has how many pieces of paper? 500? 500 pieces? I Let me look. Right? I don't know. I think so you, you you got a couple of, of uh, two-plus reams. The box probably holds. I don't know how much a box would hold. What's that, Homer? Homer Whitley actually went, look. Huh? You just eyeballed that. That's 500. It is 500. Yeah, so yeah. one ream is 500. I would say there's 10 in a box. Ten reams in a box, right? So that's uh, 5,000 sheets of paper. So you're talking about, you know, a quarter of a box of copy paper. And, and of course, you can do it electronically, I would think. But nonetheless, and I'm just thinking about how much gold would fit in a quarter of a box of copy paper. Millions of dollars worth. Millions. But nonetheless, I decided to start a crowdfunding campaign last August to collect the money. Boy, I wish I would have known. I would have. I tweeted about the campaign, and it quickly went viral. Within a few hours, the funding was completed. Think about that. This guy had it done. He raised three thousand bucks in a couple of hours. Because we all want to know. I'll tell you what happened next. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report. A daily look at the significant issues of our time from an experienced conservative perspective. Mrs. Schlafly was a constitutional attorney, author, speaker, conservative icon, and founder of Eagle Forum, a leading force in the pro-family movement since 1972. Now, from the Eagle Forum studios, here's Ryan Haidt. The transgender issue is spreading to school districts across the country, leaving many parents outraged or out of the loop entirely. Parents of students in the Albuquerque School District were baffled to learn that administrators told teachers not to refer to students as boys and girls. The teachers were also told that they had to refer to students by whatever name and pronoun the student chooses, regardless of their actual name and gender. As soon as parents heard about this outrageous policy, they put overwhelming pressure on the school district to reverse it. The policy was eventually repealed, but families in other school districts have not been so fortunate. Parents of the Charlotte-Mecklenburg School District in North Carolina had an even worse policy forced on them and their children. Teachers of this district were instructed to encourage students suffering from gender confusion. Teachers were also told to hide these students' problems from the parents. The written policy tells teachers to, quote, take care not to out a student to others, including the parent of an older student, without the student's consent. In contacting the parents, use the student's name or pronoun on their birth certificate unless the student or parent says otherwise, end quote. That means these teachers are willfully hiding important information from parents. Parents should have the ultimate authority in how their children are educated. Teachers should not hide anything from them. The American College of Pediatricians points out that transgenderism is another name for gender dysphoria, which is a recognized mental disorder. Young people who adopt the transgender lifestyle are 40 times more likely to commit suicide. Clearly, gender confusion is a serious issue that parents need to be aware of. If teachers hide gender confusion from parents, it could cause the child detrimental harm later in life. 
That's why parents must be vigilant on this growing education issue. Find out what policy your child's school has on transgenderism. Let them know that you will not tolerate any policy that encourages the hiding of information from parents. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Eagle Forum. The aggressive tactics of the transgender lobby will almost certainly lead to a flurry of gender identity laws, more confusion among our young people, and loss of religious freedom. At eagleforum.org, we invite you to be part of the blog conversation on how to protect our families from this radical agenda. For more, go to eagleforum.org and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back, Patriot Radio News Hour. I'll just tell you one thing: if uh, if information, if money, if the future is all set on today's information, the people who provide the information they can provide you what they want. Is what you're telling me on some of these things? You know, it's, uh, you know what you, you you know kind of like like we talk about the unemployment rate, kind of like what we talk about the jobs rate. It's always skewed. So well, seasonally adjusted. Seasonally adjusted. <laughs> I don't know what that really means, but you're right. And apparently we're finding out that this is how the entire government works. We'll skew everything. And, you know, you make all of these freedom of information requests. I've never actually seen a request where they came up and said, hey, you need to pay us. And, and of course, the, the the number that they came up with. So... Uh, is it a random number? Does it say how they came up? They, well, they, they did, right? 40 hours to search for, for the document. 1,200-page document. Somehow they knew it was 1,200 pages and that it was going to take them 40 hours to find the pages. Uh, but So he did a uh, crowdfunding, got it done, right, a typical millennial, and... Raise the money in a matter of hours. After I received the money from the crowdfunding, I contacted the Mint, and I asked for a bank account number to wire the fund. And I think this is just hilarious. The Mint replied that I could only pay by a check. A check, he says. This guy goes, I was born in 1981. I've never even seen a check. Who wants a check anymore? <laughs> and I'm thinking about it because I'm thinking, come on. But I guess it's right. You know, Ryan's actually in the studio right now. He's taking pictures. Ryan, have you seen a check? Or is it just the checks that I give you? Have you seen a check? I mean, do you write checks? You do not write checks. You can talk into a microphone. Yeah, yeah. That's called a microphone. I almost don't even know what a check is. Oh, right. So you don't write Do you it? you have a checkbook? No. Anyway, so there you go. There's proof. When were you born, Ryan? 1992. 92. So this guy's a little older than you. And he's never seen a check in his life. Joe may have a corn on his foot older than you. <laughs> I'm just telling you that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. It's impossible that the Mint doesn't have a bank account. I mean, every account's got a number, what, right? What happened to wiring money in? They what, said, I, mean, I mean, you think they would have that type of option. But a check, 
Well, now we can't give it to you till it clears? How's that work? Now, he had no option, so he went down to the branch, because like Ryan, he does not have a checkbook. And he went into his local branch, walked in, explained the situation. The gentleman that helped me told me he never had handled a check either. What's the routing number? This gentleman was replaced by an older person. There was a slight possibility he could create a check for me, but he had to look into it somewhat. Two hours later, I walked out of his office carrying a promise the dollars would be transferred within the week. In other words, a bank check. We actually have some customers that pay this way. In other words, they they go to their bank, and the bank actually issues the check for them and mails it for them. And they never actually write the check at all. And the funny thing is, is you sit there and you're like, come on, two hours. I'm going to tell you right now, we, we've had a this issue with our bank when it comes to us wiring money. And and this I've is, physically seen this, and it's an uncomfortable process to go through when something as simple as wiring money. Wiring money. Cannot be done. And we wire money, obviously, we deal with the largest wholesaler in the world, and we wire them regularly. And I mean all the time. It's and a function of your business. It's how we do business. And we have a sign-in. We also have a PIN number, and the PIN number are associated with myself, my wife, or Wendy. And Wendy's PIN stopped working one day. We don't know why. just didn't work. So, with any good person, she talked to my wife, and my wife said, well, just use my PIN number. It's just that easy. Just that easy. Why not? Right? One, two, three, four, five, whatever it was. That wasn't the PIN number, but here it is. And Wendy does it. And within a matter of minutes, we got a phone call from the bank. And they had realized, hey, first we saw you try to do it with your number, now you did it with your number. And Wendy's like, no, well, I did, I used Sarah's number. We've got to cancel this. I mean, this was like, oh, oh my Lord. Procedural violation. Right. This is this is a huge violation, right? And I'm the owner of this, and I'm on. I get on the phone. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm telling you, it's okay. Right. I don't know why your pin number you gave us stopped working. Maybe you should look into that. In the meantime, I need to send this wire. And they literally shut all the wires off. We couldn't send any wires now. And we had to go back to the bank and do all this stuff. And for weeks, because as we waited for new PIN numbers, we had to go to the bank to send the wire. The problem is there's only one person at the bank that can do it. And that particular person was juggling two branches at the time. So we would actually have to call and make an appointment. 
And then when we get there, it was a 30-minute process. And I'm not kidding. 30 minutes to send a bank wire. And I'm just thinking to myself, what is what is happening here? Now, just just to get things in perspective, before when it worked, how long did it take you to send a, a wire? A couple minutes. And that was from the convenience of... Right here, here. Right here from our own office. But now you're having to drive to their office. That's not counting drive because it's down the but, street. But, but Right. But, but you're still having to go there. It's incredible. And uh, by the way, we still have it wired from our office. Today, we're supposed to be able to, for the first time in weeks, be able to do it. Uh, but, but this guy, so when he tells the story of going to his branch, I actually believe him. Wait, you want us to do what? Well, why can't we just wire it? No, 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 they won't allow us to wire it. You got us to do a bank check. You don't have a checkbook? Nope, I don't have a checkbook. Apparently, these millennials don't have checkbooks. I'm going to tell you what happened next. Take the radio news hour. Welcome back. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour here in Phoenix. You know, Joe, it's not even 70 degrees yet. It's amazing. It's, it's actually so- going to cool down tomorrow. The high is only going to be 70. See, I just had to complain about it, and it happened. Oh, so, so you're the one yes, that's been I'm the reason. The I, whole time? I, I complained yesterday about it being too hot. And so you po- complained it. to the Almighty? Hey, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that I got a one-on-one with them. Okay, I'm not saying that. Interesting how people think that their football team loses because they're not wearing their jersey or the wrong pair hey, of socks. I don't believe in. I, what, I don't underwear. believe. I don't believe in coincidence. Okay, sorry. Anyway, getting back to the story. A few days later, the fund had been taken out of his account. So I asked the mint for the first time if the check had arrived. And this was September the 11th. Again, I don't believe in coincidence. They replied that they didn't get it. Well, just because 9-11 and here we are with the man, where's the gold? For weeks, mysteriously, the check was missing. Of course, the money was out of his account. When I emailed the mint, with the email address of my bank and the employees who they needed to speak with and that the bank and the Mint needed to work it out together, the Mint confirmed on September the 28th that they actually did receive the fund. That was on the 28th of September. He wrote this, by the way, yesterday. It's now November the 15th. I still haven't received the documents from the Mint. Naturally, I've sent more emails to ask the status of my request, but I've yet to receive any reply. It's kind of like when I deal with Ryan and Eugene. It's like the same thing. Right? When's our website shopping cart going to be up? Next week. Next week. I just say that because he's here. I like to bust his chops. And it says that the 
men will have to confirm at some point they can't deliver to me the paperwork. Or maybe they got second thought. In that case, guess they're going to have to wire back the funds. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, it is funny. And uh, they'll, Or they're going to honor my request in the coming weeks, and I'll include the findings as soon as I get them. But I just wanted to keep you all updated. This is how it works when you try to get the gold from the mint. This is how it works when you try to get gold from my competitors. Weeks and weeks and months go by, and you still don't know where it is. That's why you do business with us. Uh, Today I told you I've got a couple of oddball things. The first item I have is a sheet. All uh, individually in plastic, and they, they come in a sheet, so it's they're together. There's 15, one five, 15 one-ounce silver bars. They are manufactured by Sunshine. For those of you that don't know, Sunshine is the, is the fabricator that produces uh, the planchets, the disc, that the mint uses to make their silver eagle. So when the Mint needs Silver Eagles, they contact Sunshine, and they tell Sunshine how many silver uh, discs they're going to need. Sunshine then determines how many Comex Silver Bars that they need to purchase. And by the way, Sunshine tells us that it takes them six to eight weeks from when they order it from the Comex for the bars to arrive. Individually, we used you used to be able to do that. Did you know that? I, you did, could, I didn't know You that. could order your own Comex uh, silver delivery bars. Uh, they don't let you do it anymore because, well, too many people would want them and there wouldn't be enough, and so they, they don't allow that any longer. But then they take those bars and they turn them into, or those those bars, they turn them into those discs. They also manufacture their own silver bars. We happen to get a sheet uh, of them in an estate. There's 15 one-ounce bars in the in the sheet. And, you're, and I'm just going to sell the sheet. At, you got to buy the whole thing. So there's 15 of them. Uh, silver right now is $17.93. You can buy them for $18 an ounce or for $270. Uh, I have one sheet of 15 Sunshine Mint one-ounce silver bars, and those are, like I said, at $18, which is, a, what, a seven over spot or $270 uh, at 800 951 0592. I have 14. And these are, uh, I want to say they're all PCGS MS64 Morgan dollars. Remember, I ran those last week. Uh, we miscounted, or I don't know what happened. We, we don't know how to count very well. 
Uh, but I've got 14 of them left. They're MS-64 Morgan dollars. My cost, my cost for an MS-64 PCGS Morgan dollar would be $59. I've got 14 of them left. I'll do them at 55 bucks. So $4 below my cost. 800-951-0592. Final segment coming up. What a list of special stuff. Now, I've got these I, 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 I think those are done. Those are you gone. You think they, they moved yeah. already? Yeah, I think so. I love it when that happens, so, to be honest uh, The you. Morgan dollars, still got a few of those left. They're 55 bucks. MS-64. That's 4 bucks below cost. I mean, so if they cost me 59 right, I'm probably going to charge you like 62 63 bucks. But who am uh, you I, would think. Who, who am I you would think 16, there's supposed to be a, a profit I, I, margin. I, I, that's too complicated, so I'd probably round it up to 65 just because I don't like the deal with ones and twos and threes. But 55 bucks can't beat it. 800-951-0592. I also still have, I want to say, and I don't even know if I have, I think I've got eight, maybe nine of those British sovereigns. Uh, by the way, gold's up three bucks, twelve hundred and twenty-eight dollars. And I'm just—Are those British sovereigns here in the office? They're here. All of these are here. Matter of fact, unlike the mint, these would go out immediately. So if you're in Phoenix and you wanted the last of these, you could actually come pick them up. But call first. Call first. We do everything by appointment only. So, so I've got eight, and maybe nine. Wendy will count them. There were three hundred dollars before the pullback. Two ninety. That's melt. It's dead melt, two hundred ninety bucks, and actually, it's, uh, it's a dollar over melt. Two hundred and ninety dollars uh, for the eight or nine of those that I have left uh, at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. That's our toll free number. If you're looking at uh, doing some bigger orders, there are some twenties available today. Uh, good day to do that. If you're looking to uh, to put some gold away. Uh, Silver Eagles are available. Uh, I just got confirmation. We've been waiting. We were backordered on dimes. There's two people waiting on dimes. Uh, They're supposed to be here tomorrow. And then those will go out immediately as well. But then we'll have, uh, we've got dimes, quarters, half dollar, Silver Eagles, all of it's in stock at 800-951-0592. I'll look here at the Dow. The Dow's been down all morning. As uh, well, the currency manipulation, the Chinese, the renminbi, that was down 75 points. Uh, another devaluation while we were sleeping last night. Uh, now it takes 6.91 renminbi, almost back up to seven. Uh, as the trade war, I guess they're gearing up for the Trump trade war. Uh, we'll have to see. But here's the, it really simply put. Everybody needs the same thing. doesn't matter if you're the Chinese, the Japanese, the English, the French, the Germans, the U.S., the Canadians, the Australians. We've created too much debt, and so they all need the same thing. They all need inflation. And then they'll call that economic growth. And this is what they all need. The Chinese need it just like we do. I mean, for the Chinese, they're different. See, 
We want to just get the 2% GDP. We'd love 3%. The Chinese, they need 7 So the best way to get it is to what? It's devaluation of your money. And this is why you put gold away. This is why you put some silver away. And then again, you know, we only, I only mentioned it once. I, I, you know what? Tomorrow we're going to talk about what's going on in India, in case you missed it. You know, they've outlawed all large Indian notes. We're going to talk about what that's done uh, to the Indian economy and to the average person in India. Because the same thing's happening everywhere. Patriot Radio News Hour. Happy Hump Day, everybody. Every, happy, happy Hump Day, and we'll talk to you all tomorrow.